Smith of the TFON podcast. We're here for season two, episode 11. Got a special, special, special guest for you guys today. Been uh, building this up for quite some time. Finally was able to track them down. We made it work. All right. For you guys that love college football, you know that I cover the Bearcats, but this guy has a broad, broad, broad brush of, on the college football landscape. I got my man, Michael Felder, in the building. How are you doing today? Man, it's good to link up, man. I, I'm excited. Like Monday, uh, everybody, you know, the Garfield case of the Mondays, everybody hates Mondays. I love Monday. It's my favorite day because it's the day I get to basically, with the exception of doing this show, I, I, it's wall-to-wall football for me. So it's from 7.30 in the morning until, you know, I, I knock off at around 4 o'clock. It's all football. That's all I'm doing today. Hey, man, I got the right person, man, because I, I need you for football today. So we're going to have some fun with this one. So I, I'm going to get right into it, man. Um, you know, the Bearcats are the number two team in the nation. I know that you've been watching a lot of Bearcats football. You're a person that I take um, critiques very personal, not personally, but I like I respect your critiques. When I see you talk about certain things that happen on the field, I like look back and like, OK, that makes sense. You know, um, what do you see about this team just from being somebody that watching them from afar? Um, the big thing for me is I love the way that they play. Um, they, they, they do stuff that it's really hard to do. The only other team in the country that I think does things in a similar fashion and they're not as good at it, but in a similar fashion is uh, is uh, Oklahoma State and obviously Oklahoma State is they're not as good. They took that loss uh, two weeks ago, but the reality for me is they're the only team, like they're willing to, and, and I don't know if I can say this, but they let their ass, Cincinnati lets their ass hang out. And <laughs> yeah, for sure. when you've got corners that are as good as Gardner and you, you have the, who I, you have the guy who I think is maybe the most underappreciated player in the country with the exception of Cincinnati fans, Brian Cook. Yeah. You, you have this ability to go out and make really big plays and do, really cool thing i mean the fact that deshaun pace is not even technically a starter <laughs> but he's that good is it's it's insane so i i that's what i for me from from an outsider looking in i really love the fact that cincinnati is like listen this is who we are if you can beat us doing that that's fine because what i don't think a lot of folks realize is when you play man coverage almost exclusively like to the point where, and I'm sure you you saw this and other people have seen this. I got mad when they were playing zone against Notre Dame. I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> play man. But when you play man coverage almost exclusively, you have, whether it's five or it's six guys with their backs, generally with their backs to the quarterback. And so those other five or six guys have to control the entire up front. And that's a really tall task and they they figure out ways to do it in a in a really unique way so that to me it's my favorite part of watching this football team it's something that i could have never done as a football player so it, it makes it even more um aspirational by and inspiring to me so um, um you took this somewhere else so i didn't think it was gonna go as fast you talked about brian cook and that's one of the guys that i've had a radar on even before the Georgia game last year, I just mm -hmm. like, man, this kid is going to be very good. Nobody's really talking about him. And for you to say that without even me getting to that point, like how good is Brian Cook, man? 
he's everywhere. I mean, this guy is a, uh, he's an eraser. And I think that's the really cool thing about him. And, and everybody spends all their time talking about Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame. Uh, but Brian Cook, I believe, is in that same class where he is just someone, he, he's he's go-go gadget, right? Like, yeah. if you need him to cover a tight end, he'll cover him. If you need him to cover a slot guy, he'll cover him. And by the way, if you need him to, if that tight end down blocks, he's going to be the guy that fits into the mix to to make the tackle. So I think it's really phenomenal the way that he plays is really fun whenever whenever you see six running around like there there are very few plays where six isn't in the play and that's the way that I look at football a lot of the time um is I want to see like hats and frame and Cincinnati doesn't have that same kind of swarm effect that you see out of Iowa or Wisconsin uh, teams that play a lot of zone they have a lot more isolated tackling and Obviously, you know, based on whether you base it on numbers or you base it on, you know, what you wa- see when you watch, like Cook is in there a lot of the times when it comes <laughs> to the making those tackles. It's true, man. Like, it's it's funny because, like, when my photographer send me, like, photos, it's something that I don't post. And it's like, you'll see, like, Cook out of nowhere. Like, he might not have made the tackle, but, like, somebody's made the tackle, Cook's, like, a frame away from being there it's crazy like i have so many throwaways there's like cooks you can see his helmet you can see a piece of his jersey see a dread like it's crazy so well the thing the thing for me that's i think that's something that that's also um remarkably unique about cincinnati is none of they they there's some there's a it's you could call it a scourge you could call it a plague but there is this thing that exists with a lot of defenses in college football, which is why they're not good. Most of them are not good where they think, Oh, somebody else made the play. And so they throttle down and they stop and they slow down and then, Oh, wow. The guy broke the tackle. And now I have to speed back up and try to make this tackle. Cincinnati never believes that the other guy made the tackle. They they're like, no, I have to make the tackle. And I think that's a positive. I think Penn state plays that way too, where they all believe that I have to make the tackle and Michigan State plays that way. I think Michigan plays that way. I think, obviously, we, we mentioned Cincinnati. They play that way. Alabama plays that way. But there's a lot of schools where, oh, there's a bunch of guys around them. I don't have to do anything now. Yeah. And then Cincinnati is like, oh, no, if I have to do it. And I think that's what – that's that's sort of a, a – a, that's, a, that's, an, that's an island that they live on with a handful of other teams. So, which, with that being said – they're number two in the nation after a couple of sluggish games. You know, Navy, it's a built-in – Sure. I say it's a built-in excuse because triple option in the middle of the year is always tough. Last year – I mean, last week against Tulane, they did beat them by 19 points. But, of course, it wasn't – you know, I rewatched the game yesterday. It wasn't the prettiest of games. Sure. They still won by almost 20. Um, they only really have possibly two more ranked games coming up. You know, as long as SMU doesn't lose, they're turning the top 25. And then to not Tulane, but Houston, they could possibly play them in the AAC championship. Right. Um, how much of a with having a Notre Dame game in their back pocket, you know, Notre Dame still being top 10. How much do you think the committee is going to penalize Cincinnati um, just because of their conference more so than anything? I, I think we're talking about like, OK, well, I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> no, no. There, well, there's there's two things. There's there's I think and I hope. Okay. I hope they're only penalized by moving down. You know whether they move them from 
an AP or a coaches poll two, two, three, or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. That's what I hope. Excuse me. I think based upon previous iterations of this, I think they're going to start them up early and then find ways to try to knock them down. And I think that's the problem. Okay. So realistically, they're a team that has earned the right to be in that top four. But I am highly skeptical based upon the power brokers in this sport. And the the, the big thing for me is we, we have to remember that like for someone like you or someone like me, this is a sport, right? It is a game. It's a meritocracy. You earn what you get. Yeah. But it's also a television show. True. And that's one of the biggest things that I've realized over the course of my what, decade plus in this, in this industry is it's a television show. Because if you ask big national person about Cincinnati, they're going to bring you Desmond Ritter, maybe Ford. Yeah. And then what? Maybe Gardner, if they do some NFL draft stuff. Yeah. They're not going to bring you, they're not going to bring you Beavers. They're not going to bring you DeBlanco. They're not going to bring you these other people make it. They're not going to bring you people that are making plays, right? Yeah, yeah. True, true. Because you know why? Because they're not watching. Yeah. They're not watching. They're not going to bring you um the Alec Alec Pierce. They're not going to, they're not going to talk about how insane it is what he does in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. And they're not watching. And so it's a television show. And yeah. that has been, when I started, that was the hardest thing for me to grasp because I thought everybody cared about the sport in the way that I care about it. And then I, now I realize they don't at all. Mm-hmm. And I also think people don't realize how important matchups are because everyone's going to point out, well, th- they only played this schedule, this guy. And I'm like, hey, man. I can tell you one thing you get them, you get Cincinnati on the field against a young quarterback. They're going to, they are going to kill them. Yeah. You get them on, like, it's not about bigger, faster, stronger. Notre Dame is bigger, faster, stronger than Cincinnati, but they're quarter. They had quarterback issues and they kept, we saw them cycle through those quarterbacks and they had quarterback issues and they, but the, the confusion and the issues regarding that man-to-man defense and the ability to essentially Especially with 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 whether it's DeBlanco or it's Beavers or, or e- e- even um, and Pace and um, I can't remember that what's it, what's who's who's thirteen what's his name oh uh, Van Van Flossen. yeah 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 like the way that, that Cincinnati doesn't really blitz a lot no they don't but what they do is if your part of your man to man assignment is the running back and the running back blocks then you also add to the mix mm-hmm. yeah. And that was a problem for Notre Dame. They couldn't figure out, like, Notre Dame was – it seemed like Notre Dame was viewing that as a blitz, and they're like, no, it's not a blitz. It's, if, you sent, if you sent Kyron Williams out to, to the flats, you could take a rusher away, and you could clear up the picture for your quarterback. But yeah. I think a lot of folks don't realize that, and that's not a way that people think about football or whether they look at it. And so, for me, I look at them, and I look at – the way they are. So I want them to be in the top four. I think okay. they should be in the top four. I think they will be in the top four. The problem is not this week. Yeah. The problem is going to be when we get to Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yeah. 
And then you're like, oh man, it's it's Auburn versus Alabama. And so Alabama's a one-loss team, and they're playing this Auburn team who, if they go undefeated from now, they're only a two-loss team and they're so good. And then this happens. That to me is the problem. And then obviously championship weekend. Yeah. Uh Houston, like I was rooting for SMU hard because I was like, they Same. play SMU, they play SMU. Same. SMU can be an undefeated team. That would be really good for them. Yes. <laughs> and but now, now it's like you have to root for SMU and Houston. Yes, it doubles up now. <laughs> it do, yeah, you got to root for S. You got, Houston needs to run the rest of the way, and then he, SMU needs to run until Cincinnati plays them to, to beat them, so that they're still ranked. And then it's all this, all these contributing factors. But it's it's I really I think the initial one, and especially again, I think about it as a television show now. Yeah. They're going to earn a lot of goodwill by putting Cincinnati in at the start, and they're going to create a lot of conversation. Yeah, with Cincinnati being in on the start, and then it becomes, how can Cincinnati stay in? And I think yeah. that's the real issue here. And I don't think it's right. I don't think it's. I think I also don't. I don't think people know what they're watching when it comes to football again. I think. I think. I think people are. It's very similar to wrestling, and it's like it's just. <laughs> It's a television show for a lot of people. They don't know what's going on. They don't know why things happen. Like that's part of why I do what I do. Like the or no, that's not part of. That's why I do what I do. Because like my goal is to build a smarter football fan. And if you don't understand, if you can't recognize and see different things, then you're just you're just watching a television show. And that the school that you like just happens to be your favorite character. Yeah, for sure. So with. That, you know, tomorrow to pick. I, know, I think they're going to be in the top four, but where do you think they're going to put them? You think they're, they'll be have them at number two, like, you know, like they're ranked in the AP and the coaches poll? Or do you think they will kind of hit them with a, a jab or a body shot early and make them three or four? I think probably three. Okay. I, obviously, Georgia will be number one. I think that Oklahoma, because they made this quarterback change, and, and, and speaking of not knowing what you're looking at, the way that, like, there wasn't a ton of difference between Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson. The difference was they one guy played Georgia, the other guy played Texas Tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> like neither one of neither one of them can get past the first read and then make a decision. The the, the difference was time. Yeah, and Caleb Williams had time, and Anthony Richardson had no time. Yeah. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. I think Oklahoma. I think it's Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and then. I don't know, some common, some, the battle is going to be, and this is, again, think about it as a television show. Yeah. The battle between Alabama or Ohio State. Yeah, true. I think that's another element where, oh, this, people will be talking about this for X amount of days, or it could be, we put Michigan State in there, and then it's Ohio State and Alabama fans are complaining and arguing and they're clicking and they're doing that whole deal. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I'm super interested to see how it plays out because it's going to be this, the, the piggyback on Oklahoma. Like, they should have lost at least three games. <laughs> so, like, yeah. as a person that covers the Bearcats and has, like, take the, take the fandom oh. away. Oh, man, hang on. <laughs> All right, go for I it. Had an, I had an Oklahoma fan send me a tweet at halftime that was, like, halftime, Oklahoma, 37-14. Halftime, Cincinnati, Tulane, 14, 12. <laughs> and I was like, 
Do you understand the difference in this? Because you're celebrating a halftime stat when you scored three points in the second half and you gave up 20, you gave up um, 21 points in the second half. Yeah. And it's a different, like Cincinnati is a probing team, slow move, prober. They figure out what works and then they turn it on versus Oklahoma supposed is, is obviously a quick shot offense. Yep. But a defense that is willing to surrender 21 points in the second half. And then yeah. we look at the end of the results. They didn't, I t- can tell you what, they didn't tweet me at the end of the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, <laughs> like, Oklahoma, man, then they got some good luck, too. And it's, it's a power – I mean, it's a blue blood program, of course. That's the thing that, Bear, you know, the Bearcats are yeah. going against, you know, sure. trying to break that mold of being a G5 or G5 when, you know, sure. they have so much talent. They got a lot of NFL talent. That's what I want to get into talk with, with you yeah. about as well, too. Um, but – you know, they they have just as many, I think, personally, just as many people that are going to go to the NFL as a lot of these teams this year. Um, to be yeah. fair, I feel like Bama and Ohio State will be if, – if they make it, they might be worthy depending on how it goes. But in general, I think next year they're going to be like they were a couple years ago where they were just like that team because yeah. they're so young. And yep. you can see it, like, right? You got, you know, Bryce Young, he's a freshman or a freshman or a freshman. You could tell next year he's going to be even better. He's still good this year. CJ Stroud, you know, he's Same thing. he's a monster. You could tell next year he's going to be lights out where he's going to be unrattled. But this year you can get him. Like um Bama's yeah. secondary doesn't look very good to me. I mean, just from what I watch the games, they get a lot of points. Their well, front the seven is solid, but the big thing with Alabama, and this is just a, a football thing in general. We we yeah. watched it this past weekend with Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State secondary is really good. Yes. Wide receivers and the rules of the game are they are what allow offenses to just make plays. Yeah. And I think that's the, like the, the, the problem becomes most teams are scared to attack down the field. Yeah. But when we see someone attack down the field, when we see Tennessee attack down the field against Alabama, you see them give up some opportunity. You, you listen, this is since this is a Cincinnati show. Yeah. You, if you attack down the field against Cincinnati multiple times, you're going to make, we saw Indiana do it, right? Yeah. They yeah. attack down the field and, they had success. It's yep. just about sustaining that success. And it's also about being willing to take the risk. Yeah. Because yeah. the scare, the scariest thing for a coach is, well, it's second and four. Do I throw the ball 30 yards down the field so that I can put pressure on them and make them worried about this? Or do I just try to get the first down? And that's one of the hardest decisions that a lot of coaches have to make. Like, and that's just the reality against I mean, we this the Alabama thing's not new. Laquan Treadwell ate their lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. We saw, we saw that happen. We saw Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans eat their lunch. We saw this happen. Yeah. So it's not an issue of the secondary being good or bad. Yeah. It's an issue of how often you attack them. And mm. they've built this lore around themselves where you don't want to attack them. And then we see, whether it's the Florida game, obviously we see Ole Miss try to do it and fail, but we see Tennessee do it and succeed in spots. Yeah. Like, you see that success down the field. It's the same thing here with, with Penn State. And Ohio yeah. State was like, you know what? We're going to throw the ball. Yeah. We're going to throw it. And Olave had nothing. Olave was nothing, 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 nothing. He had, like, five targets, no receptions, no yards. And then all of a sudden, bang, he yeah. gets one. They made a mistake, and he gets one, and it's a touchdown. And the big thing that I kind of try to tell people, and and I think because I think Cincinnati fans probably understand this, 
uh, from both sides, from offense and the defensive side. Yeah. Because they've had so many, you've had so many explosive plays um, on offense. But a touchdown is just one play. True. It's one. It's one play. And what I mean by that is, there are some teams that play hard football. Cincinnati, by and large, plays hard football. Mm, yeah. Where you have to drive, you have to have a put together a drive to get to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Ohio State, Michigan State, Alabama. Like they play this Oklahoma, obviously they play this yeah. brand of football where they're like, we like a two play drive. Yeah, yeah, true. It's fine. Two <laughs> plays, 71 yards, yeah. 45 seconds. <laughs> and that explosiveness is the part where you see the differential, the, 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 the it, it differentiates itself. Oh, uh, Michigan, Michigan state this week. Yeah. Michigan plays hard football. They tried to lighten it up and they adopted some of the things that Western Kentucky does, which I thought was really cool to see them change it up. And you get yeah. up 30 to 14 or 30 to 17. And then Michigan State was like, it doesn't matter to us. <laughs> True. We'll just score immediately. <laughs> and they did that and they won the football game. So yeah, I think that I think as Cincinnati continues to find ways to be more explosive, that puts them on par with some of these with, with teams that they're going to be grouped in with in terms of being in that top. I'm going to call it a top six, probably. Yeah, fair. And then the defense is the thing I think is the differentiator because they're a better defense than everybody except maybe Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a huge difference. Yeah, that's that's accurate, man. It's it's great because you're saying a lot of the stuff that I've like been telling people and people have been telling calling me crazy. Like when I'll tell people about this stuff, like you're just being a homer. I'm like, no, man, I'm telling you, like, right. I'm honest. Like I, I knew like a couple years ago, like, okay, this team overachieved what three years ago when they won the first 11 games. Like I literally mm-hmm. said, they were going to go six and six or seven and five at max, but fickle hit the, you know, had, had the plan, ground, controlled the ground game. Defense was way better than expected faster. And I'm like, these guys are playing with house money because I thought the next year would have been the year which they still won 11 games where whatever, right. whatever's going to happen. And people are looking at me crazy, but I, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, this I'm, is, I'm looking I, at the stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not here to gas you up or gas Cincinnati fans up. I just, am, I'm calling it like I say, like if you, if this would have happened, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have been like, I like what I was doing. I maybe they, I don't know if their offense is going to get the job done. Yeah. They're limp by, but their defense is the best unit to be on the field. The problem for them, Teams have started stretching them. And I think yeah. that's that's one of the beauties of playing man-to-man coverage is it doesn't matter if you're running horizontal or vertical, you're still running. Yeah. But when you play zone coverage, horizontal is not equivalent to vertical. Yeah. And that's the difference here. Cincinnati's used to running. So if you run them long, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably harder to run horizontal. Yeah, probably. And what I mean by that, and for folks listening, basically in zone coverage, you have three different levels and you have your defensive line level. Then you have your linebacker, your intermediate area, and then you have your over the top area. But if you push that over the top area from 20 yards to 40 yards, the gap between is much bigger. And if you run it wide, now we have this spaces, vertical spaces and horizontal spaces. But in man to man, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Because you just have to run around with them everywhere they go. Exactly. And Less pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 
it's more pressure on an individual player, but it's it's less um, space yeah, for the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And watching, I was I remember I was watching uh, Cincinnati against Indiana, and since they do Cincinnati does another thing I really love is they mug up those linebackers and put them up towards right at the line of scrimmage, and yeah. then they they do their little the banjo read on if the running back is going to the left or going to the right. I have to take him. You have to take him. Yeah. Or he stays in the block. Guess what? We're both going to go and. There's a play from Michael Penix. It's only it's a three man route, and Cincinnati's playing cover one. It's a three man route, and three man route means that there's only three receivers in the pattern. They have max protect with a tight end and a, a running back. Three guys, so that takes four guys out for Cincinnati. But that's seven people that are at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And six guys are are rushing the quarterback, and Michael Penix is like, I, I don't. There's nothing I can do. There's no hot routes. <laughs> I don't have. I don't. There's nothing. I can't do anything. And I think yeah. that's again kind of the uniqueness and the beauty of of being able and being willing kind of to let it hang out like that. So, it's just the the talent on this team. We go. I'm gonna go ahead and get into it. Sure. Roll into it. We talked about Brian Cook um, earlier today um, in the, in the pod. Yeah. I feel like he's an NFL guy. How about you? But then. Besides him, who else? I know everybody knows Sauce Gardner. If you yeah. partially pay attention, you partially pay attention, Desmond Ritter and my Jay Sanders. But yeah. I feel like those three are possibly first rounders, um, first, second, depending on how you know the season finishes and et cetera. I feel like I would um might be biased on this one, but I feel like Sauce is the best corner in college, personally. I know Stingley is is the man, but he's been yeah. he's hurt. So, yeah. but I'm I'm good for argument on that too. But I just feel like he doesn't get challenged as much, of course. But I was so impressed by the Notre Dame and Indiana games that I'm like I'm I could say I'm skewed possibly. Um, but who else do you see as pro guys on this team? I've had an argument with a lot of people with this, but I right. want to hear your your expertise. All right, here we go. Let's let's look up. I think my Jay Sanders is probably going to be a, or, uh, an early day two guy. Okay. I think that's, but that's not bad. That's good. No, not at all. I think that, I think Dublanco is probably going to end up being a day three guy who somebody just falls in love with because he, <laughs> he's a warrior in there. I think Beavers is someone who, I think Beavers could be, I think he can be, and I think he can be a starting linebacker in the NFL. Don't know what day it is, but I think he can be a starting linebacker yeah. in the NFL. I think Gardner obviously is a day one player, uh, probably a top 20 pick. Uh, I, I do wonder him versus Stingley is maybe the most interesting element here because Stingley has long been thought of like since recruiting yeah. as the best. And I wonder how his, um, what's the word I'm looking for, has reputation or his early work, how that plays into it, knowing mm -hmm. that he's been hurt this year. And then yeah. obviously I think he's probably closer to healthy now, but just to clear, like, what are we doing? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming <laughs> back to play for this team. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. True. I think Cook is probably maybe a late day two guy. Uh, he's someone, but he he reminds me a lot of uh, a guy people. Oh, you guys, you know what? He played for the Bengals, Sean Williams. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah. I think he reminds me a little bit of that, like a guy that's going to have his uh, some good time in the NFL. And, mm. but he, that's the guy, type of player that he reminds me of. He's mm. like, he's going to play on the four cores and, once he gets a chance to get into the game, he's going to go out and he's going to do his thing. He's not going to, he's never going to disappoint. Yeah. Like, look, 
no no one is Earl Thomas, right? No yeah. one is there's no there's not a lot of Earl Thomases or not a lot of Ed Reeds. There's not a lot of these guys out there. Yeah, but he's gonna she's gonna get in, he's gonna do well. He's probably gonna, he's gonna be better than what was the guy? Um who was the other Cincinnati safety from like 10 years ago? But uh to my uh Rory. Yeah, you're yeah. my little guy. That little yeah. that played like that Carolina. Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, play for the Panthers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think Rory. he's I think he's probably gonna be better than that. Yeah. But he stuck around for a while too. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Yeah. So I, I think that he fits there. Hicks is gonna be an interesting one because he's got so much length. Yeah. I don't think people realize how long he is. And I think that's gonna be really interesting when we get to the combine. And then on the offensive side, Ritter's he's an interesting project. And I think it's a lot of times people don't think about this when it comes to the NFL. All it takes is for one coach to really, really like you. Mm-hmm. One offensive coordinator, one quarterback's coach, one GM, whatever it is. And I think he's going to be somebody's cup of tea. So do I think that means day one? I don't know. But I do think it means, hey, we can get this guy on day two and we can develop him. And then yeah. he can be the future of our franchise. And I think that's going to be an interesting spot for him to be in. Um, Ford is, I mean... He's going to get picked. I don't probably day three, but he's going to get picked and he's going to be someone who just he, like he reminds me of Stephen Ridley from LSU. And mm. it's just going to be one of those things where he just who, who played for the Patriots for like six years or whatever. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, oh, he's still doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, to go back to the Bengals, like I think he's a tougher runner than Gio Bernard, but Gio Bernard stay, is in the league still. Still, still. And He's just going to be kind of like just doing his thing there. And I I think that the the most interesting one for me is probably um, Pierce because I don't like, I don't know. Like he's huge. Yeah. I wonder, I think the thing for me with Pierce is going to be, what does he run? Mm -hmm. Because if he runs well, he can be like an Allen Robinson. Yeah. If he runs slow, now all of a sudden you're like, man, when do we get him? What do we do with him? Do we try to size him up? What do we do? And mm-hmm. that's going to be the interesting part. And then uh, I think Michael Young, I think he's going to run really well. And you get to um, who's the tight end? Um, uh, yeah, you got you got Wiley and 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 Taylor. I yeah. like both. I like both of them. They're both really good. Yeah. And so that'll be interesting. They also they've got this kind of a. And I mean this with all the respect in the world. They both have a little bit of a dirtbag vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. they just are kind of like nasty dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And that's the type of that's the type of tight end that I want. Like, if in, unless you're going to be Jermichael Finley, kind of want you to be a little slimy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got some slime to their game. Like, shout out to Young Thug. They like they <laughs> like they they do their thing. So I really I really appreciate that about watching them. And that's been. I mean, that goes back years, right? Like they've got, they've had tight ends like that for several years, like guys that whether it's the tattoos or the hair (laughs) or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's kind of like, they're like baby. They're like on the come up of being like baby T-E-U. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you you, you look back, it's like, man, they got somebody still playing. Yeah, he went to UC. He's still playing, you know? So yeah, you're right. If they do have like that mold, that mold of, guy that they've been getting lately even with other coaches which is crazy so, yeah so yeah that's yeah Degura, I, that was his name yeah, that was Degura. the guy i was yeah. thinking before yeah playing for green bay exactly yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking like i was like yeah yeah and that guy was like just he you could tell he was grimy he's yeah, willing yeah. to get it yep, so, yeah yeah i like that i like that attitude out of the tight end room 
because you got to play special teams if you're a tight end. And guess what? If you play special teams, you better be a little grimy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's crazy. Like the uh them as a, as a host, especially the guard, because I feel like he came in as like a two star. Nobody yeah. expected much. And he just was like lunch pale dude every yeah. year. You're like, Damn, this dude's getting better. This dude's legit. Yeah. Making a play. Like you go to practice, he's making a play. Like, all right, he's about to play. Like, it's no way you're gonna keep him off the field. Like, yeah. He's just killing it. And that's how I feel like that's how it is with like Wiley and Taylor. Like they're both of those dudes. Like at practice, you're like, dang, that was a nice play. Yeah. It's a nice play. So yeah, it's crazy. Like this team is not, we're not used to it, the fan base. So that's what like having this much like potential NFL talent on the team. And that's what I try to tell people like in general. Um, just like man, this team has a lot of talent, man. Oh, yeah. So um it's crazy. So I appreciate you. Um you know, come in and dropping those, that knowledge, man, for, for everybody on here, man. And, uh, before I let you go, I know, yeah. cause I, you know, it's been a, a good day. I know I'm gonna keep rambling if, if I don't <laughs> let you go, <laughs> but let everybody know where they can find your work, where they can find your Twitter, um, where they want to find Mike. What? All right. So, uh, you can catch me on watchstadiumcom slash live, uh, watch state uh, stadium is the company I work for. Uh, you can find us, you can, you, I do campus insiders for them. I do tape don't lie. It's a digital series on uh, watchstadium.com. And I do campus, uh, I do college kickoff live. I almost call it campus kickoff live. <laughs> campus insiders, college kickoff live every uh, uh, Saturday leading into the Mountain West and, and Conference USA games. Uh, I've got a bulletin. So it's like a newsletter. It's itsfelder.bulletin.com. I actually, I literally get out the, the whiteboard and do some drawings and, <laughs> kind of show people what's going on this week. We've got uh two plays, two, two plays, one quarter from uh, Ole Miss and Auburn, two really cool invented plays that are um, actually, I would love to see Cincinnati cover these plays because they are man to man beaters and they're really, really interesting. So I do that. And then obviously you can follow me on Twitter at in the bleachers and uh, check out uh tape. Don't lie, which is a show. It's a podcast as well. That's just literally it's, we don't talk about teams. We just talk about football. And this week, I think we've got Charles Arbuckle coming on to talk about the tight end position, which that that's a good tie in again. Yeah, that's great to, to talk about the tight end position and how different positionings, whether it's a wing in line flex, all those things, how they change blocking angles and how they create mismatches. And also if you're interested in silly things, I do a podcast called hand in the dirt. It's a gardening podcast about football. <laughs> nice nice so guys <laughs> make sure you guys check out michael felder good dude man knows this stuff if you want to get smarter in football check this guy out that's that's all i'm gonna say so i appreciate you being on here man man um you almost of, went terrence howard on me you almost called me Maine. i almost went Maine. i almost went Maine. i almost went batman <laughs> said man iron man iron, iron man batman <laughs> superman you know what i mean Make I sure. Dude, make thanks sure. so much for having me on. This has been so fun. I really appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, I appreciate it, man. So um, make sure you guys, Bearcat Nation, check this one out. You guys are going to like it. Uh, hit us up. We're going to share. We're going to spam. And we got a whole bunch of week before homecoming. And the Bearcats play Tulsa on Saturday. College Game Day is going to be there. So this will be a good thing to listen to before homecoming. All right. And while you're at homecoming, before you get too many drinks in. All right. <laughs>